Hi, this is Elaine Benfield, and welcome to Her Stories. Today, I have a fabulous special guest, one of my dearest friends, who I must say celebrates my birthday, or I celebrate her birthday, Mary Claire Scott. So thank you for joining Her Stories today. I'm thrilled to be here. So, so excited. You, the audience is in for real treat. I've known Mary Claire almost 20 years, and she is one of those, as I start off Her Stories, I talk about why someone's inspiring First of all, you might be one of the funniest women I've ever met. I have never laughed so hard as I have with Mary Claire, um, but she has lived such a full life, you know, so much more to go, but you just, you're, um, you're funny, you're courageous, you're insightful. You are just one of those true humans. Um, and I just, I'm so fortunate to know you and just, I adore you more than I can tell you in words. But there's, you've seen so much in your life, and I love you being so inspiring to me, to my kids, and really talking about what you've seen, because we've talked about history can repeat itself, and I think there's some things that you've seen yes. that are, the audience is going to die when I, I, we had to narrow it down, and I'm sure there'll be many, many chapters, but um, so welcome, and I, I would love you just to give a little, like, who's Mary Claire Scott, and let's just kick off kind of a, a conversation. Okay. I am probably a conundrum in many instances. I, um, I'm a group of people, really, and I mm -hmm. think when you reach a certain age, you probably are. Everyone is a group of people. I know that one of the things I'm on this earth for is to make people laugh. I'm very funny. I'm very creative. I genuinely love meeting people. I still really love people. Mm -hmm. And um, I truly believe everyone has a gift. Everyone has something to offer me. Even if the only thing they've offered me is the fact that I never want to see them again <laughs> as long as I live. But I've learned... But that's something. a gift. Yes, it's a gift. it is a gift. <laughs> and I've learned something from them. I am very intuitive about people, mm -hmm. and I always have been. I just didn't understand what that was or what that meant. Yeah, um, That can be a blessing and also a curse. Yeah. And um, I've had pretty much a, a, a charmed life. I Remark have to, when I look back, remarkable. it has been. Remarkable life, really. It has been, I agree. Yeah. So I really am a conglomeration of a lot of people. Um, I am kind to a fault, I will say that about myself. And I think when you reach a certain age, I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at. And that's a gift. And I am not good at BSing. I am um, a straight shooter. And I have... I always have been, and that has been also a blessing and a curse yeah. <laughs> as I journey through this life. Yeah. So basically, that's the way I am. Well, and I think that leads into, you know, we talk about you've had many chapters in your life. You've had, you know, remarkable things, but remarkable experiences, and you've you've lived through things I grew up learning about. And when I met you and you told me stories, I just have always been mesmerized. My kids are mesmerized. So I we've talked and I'm going to focus on four different types of okay. stories because okay. I feel like, and then of course, over time, I'd love to interview you again. The one, so we're going to do chronological order. And 
you're going to be blown away when I talk about the different things that Mary Claire has experienced. The first one is, so you grew up in, you and I grew up not far from each other. You grew up in Scranton, PA. I did. And so when you were in school, about 15 years of age, you met a senator who happened to be John F. Kennedy. I did. So please, this story is just, so tell us about that. Tell us about the experience. There were a group of, of young people who were very involved. We felt we were very involved uh, in uh, the senator's campaign. And um, we would go downtown after school. And he had, of course, an office. And we would hand out flyers. We would call people on the phone, those of us who were lucky enough to do that. So he came to town to speak. And, of course... There were only a limited number of seats, and being 15, I certainly wasn't a VIP. I didn't get one of those seats. But he was leaving from the Scranton, the Avoca Airport, and we got word that he was leaving. And somebody put us in a van, because we had signs and we had straw hats that said Kennedy across the front of them. And... um we were all standing uh, behind a fence, and we could see his plane. We saw the cars pull up. We saw him get out of his car, and we were all cheering and yelling and cheering. And he came over to talk to us. And do you remember that moment? Because he was charismatic and handsome and just... Gorgeous. Gorgeous. So when you saw him, did you were you like... I mean, I can't even imagine that elation because there's not many people, I think, honestly, today that do that type of... Like, I agree. And so when and you saw... Were you... I can't even imagine that emotion. He was gorgeous. And he came over and he was so genuine in his smiling and his gratitude for us to be there. And he shook our hands. And I remember putting my hand out. And the one thing that... I can still feel it today. I can recreate this in my mind. His hand was so warm. Yeah. And I made it all about me. And I thought, <laughs> look how warm he's, look how warm he is shaking my hand, not realizing it's shaken thousands of hands. His hand was probably hot from shaking, shaking all those hands. hands. But, uh, oh yeah, it was such a thrill. And he looked me in the eye. I can honestly say there, it, it, and I'm sure everyone felt that about yeah. him. There was a genuine human connection, yeah. which I think made him pretty special yeah. as far as being a president. Yeah, absolutely. and um, and he was respected. He really a very. Know. I mean, we and of course, heartbroken when he. Yeah, was and not why able don't we go to, ahead and talk about? We just were talking about that with with my son Alexander. So the moment, because Alexander wanted to know, do you remember when he was shot? Yes. And so if you want to tell that story, because you lived through, so you met him at 15. He was a senator. He ended up getting into office and like, tell a little, tell about the moment when, you know, you found out he was, you know, and, shot. And we hung on every, his speech writers were brilliant. We hung, and the way he delivered them. And we hung on every word and we wanted to be a beacon of light. All of us, I, I, the whole group of us, wanted to do good for the world. And I remember uh, I went to Marywood College, an all-girls Catholic college at the time. It's co-ed now. 
And uh, on Friday afternoons, we were off. Yeah. And uh, we would go downtown to Scranton and we would have lunch. There was a group of us. And then I would take the bus home. And the bus route went right by uh, the cathedral. And um, there was a huge Catholic church. At, uh, and then the cathedral had a school. And I remember as the bus came toward the cathedral, uh, all the traffic was stopped and the children were getting out of the school and they were all crying. And the nuns that were shepherding them across the street were crying and they were openly crying. And I remember the bus driver stuck his head out the window and he must have said, what's going on? And then he turned around to us on the bus and said, oh my God, the president's been shot. And there was that that horrible moment where you couldn't believe it, first of all. Yeah, disbelief, disbelief really. Total. And then he literally got off the bus I, I, obviously, he put it in park or he turned it. I don't remember. But we all got off the bus and we were in this crowd of such sorrow with the kids and the nuns and all the adults. I mean, everything, when I tell you, everything came to a stop. And when we started back on the bus, people were openly crying, including myself. And when I got off at, at my stop and I walked up to William Street, which is the street on which I lived, and everybody, there wasn't one house that people were not all out on the street yeah. hugging one another and sobbing and crying. It was such a moment of sheer yeah. Terror and sorrow. It was horrible. I will never, ever forget it. Never. Yeah. And it's, you know, you and I talked about he was one of a kind. Absolutely. I don't know if Absolutely. we, I don't know if the words breed people like that, but he was had that charisma and he was trying to make such a difference. And, and you know, there's, you've lived through, there's other, obviously, you know, Martin Luther King and his brother, Bobby, and there's so many, oh, you know, Malcolm yes. X, you live through all of that. Um, yeah. I mean, it's remarkable that you know, you unfortunately saw all these different pieces. Um, so jumping into um, the the next one for, for me is very near and dear to my heart, which is the burning of the bras. Oh, yes. Like, I, and that's what, about 1968, like late 60s? Oh, 69. 69. 69. Okay. And um, so this I, is fascinating to me because I grew, I just always remember hearing about it. I saw the photos but then when you told me like your experience, I, I've never met anyone that was there. So I'd, I'd love you to talk about that. It was such a fantastic time to be alive. As and you were woman. living and you were living in New York. At I, the time. I had, I had been, uh, I had taught for three years in New Jersey. I was a drama major and the gentleman who directed me in shows when I was in college was doing a show in New York off Broadway. And he had called me and asked if I wanted to be in it. And of course, yeah. I mean, I didn't want to give that opportunity up. And it was a musical comedy improv called Graffiti. Mm -hmm. And that's what that's why I was in New York. And um, it was the beginning of the women's movement. Mm -hmm. And was and there I, a lot of talk like because, you know, nowadays we have the phone and we have like. But right. was it like right. in the like 
cover of magazines and newspapers. And was yes. that how the buzz yeah. was and it, really? It really was word of mouth at yeah. that point. Yeah. And of course, because I, I was in the show in the evening and in the daytime, I worked at IBM. What a dichotomy. And there I met very, very creative people at IBM also. But um, there was a lot of talk about women taking their power mm-hmm. and and being comfortable with the whole idea of that and um and and questioning what our role had been up to that point which came the burning of the bras came about and i remember going to a meeting and had no idea who these women were and how amazingly important they would become and it was Gloria Steinem, <laughs> Bella Abzug, Betty Friedan. There were three women sitting on a stage, and they talked about the women's movement and how important it was to them. And you, before that, never had that type of cohesion with women really saying, we need have rights, we should, because at that time in the late 60s, Women really didn't have. Oh no, but no. Like no. I tried to explain to my kids that no. we couldn't get credit cards into no. a certain like. No. Mom. Yes. And so that to have those women rally together to say, "Hey, we need to do something to support us." Well, it was very patriarch, patriarchal, and then going yeah. to yeah. Uh, an all-girls Catholic school and uh, and seeing these incredible women my own age and a few years older doing these magnificent things and nobody knew about them and nobody not only did they not know about them nobody cared about it or it would seem to be so but anything a man did was celebrated to the nth degree and i went along with that i thought that was my part in life yeah and to hear their ideas it literally opened not just my brain and my heart but my soul yeah i remember thinking oh my god this makes perfect sense to me because no one thought of it no no one they really revolutionized women and and our i know we're going to get into the equality of where women should be but that's the to me that they had the courage and then we're able to get women to support them. And we were courageous. We because Absolutely. we were we felt we had the right on our side and yeah. we believed that anything was possible. I am telling you, the sixties were an incredible time. Yeah. To be a woman, to be Yeah, well and and, and just because to me I look at that time as you said, it was almost to some degree the height of where women should be. Yes. reaching it yes and you and i've talked about we've gone backwards and so i wouldn't mind like talking a little bit about tremendous like, like are you like disheartened to some degree about it and i know you and i we've talked about this and it's just to have that and i still see gloria steinem like i'm still respect you know what the women did but it, do you think we can boomerang back to women actually being equal because I feel like we ha- we were on a great trajectory and honestly the last maybe five six ha- whatever seven years totally different we're not we're second class citizen again absolutely yeah I mean we're we're going back to me to the dark ages of you know I'm questioning why did I burn my bra uh why did I I marched 
for equal rights for women to be able to have an abortion if that was their choice. We are so far going backwards to me that it is very it's beyond disheartening to me. It's it's incredible and it's very disheartening. It makes my soul hurt well, and I to think, see this. And I, I question because you know I talk about and you know I'm so comfortable talking about these topics with my kids. I believe that they're the generation that's gonna change it back. So, I have wholehearted faith in all of them. Because I do too. I feel like when we talk about this a lot, like my kids don't understand why there is no quality across everything, whatever race, whatever religion, whatever. But we just need, unfortunately, there's a group that just keeps holding us back. Well, we need, we need stronger women to yeah. come to the fore. And if fight. we really do. Um, we, uh, I was a hippie also. Um, I mean, this was our sign. Yeah. This and is you, the sign now. It's, a, it, 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 it's I, like, what happened? This We had such hope that we could all get along and we could all yeah. work toward a common goal, women and men. It, yeah. it, it, it was just a wonderful time, I'm telling you. Oh, it yeah. was a wonderful time to be alive. Well, Peaceful and, time. And let's go into, so Mary Claire and I both, uh, our birthday is August 15th. Um, but one of the things I'll never forget <laughs> you telling me about and I was in awe because, once again, I've never met anyone who went to Woodstock. Yes. So yes, please yes. tell tell me about Woodstock and, like, how'd you hear about it going to, like, and did you ever think it would be the Woodstock that it was? So talk to me. Talk we to were us all sitting at a friend's apartment in New York. And it was my birthday, and everybody was saying, what do you want to do? We need to do something exciting. I love that. Let's do something exciting. And I said, okay, well, let's And how old were you at that time? Uh, let's Sorry. see. I was 22. Yeah. 22. Wow. And um, I, uh, it, someone said, there's this festival in upstate New York, a music festival. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, so we were trying to figure out how long would it take to get there. And literally, one of my friends had a Volkswagen bus. I am not making this up. It's the quintessential Woodstock story. God, yes. So we all piled how, into how many the bus. People, how many people? There were six of us. We all piled into the bus and we left early on the Friday. So we beat all that horrible traffic. I mean, they closed the New York Thruway. They yeah. shut it down. You, I saw images of it like cars just mm -hmm. were abandoned because yeah. there, oh, there yeah. was no one could right. move. And people just were like, we're just going to walk the rest. So we were able to literally hold the bus in and we went way into the property and uh, parked the bus and watched as it, and it seemed like in an instant to fill up, really. And we, you were, and it was like a field, field, huge field, huge field. And you saw the stage and saw you saw the stage, saw the stage wild. and we, we left the bus and moved closer. So we were really up in the mm -hmm. front and we saw Richie Havens. I didn't even know who Richie mm -hmm. Havens was. I saw him come out and uh, he began to play and God bless him. I learned much later that the next acts were stuck on the throughway, so they couldn't get through. And he had to sing his song over yeah, and over. Saying, and over. That's the yeah, truth. I remember you saying that, that it was like no like, one knew at the time. Nobody that. cared. Everyone, yeah. when I tell you the joy 
and the love and the hi, how are you? And the talking to one another. There was no anim. I'm not making this up. There was no animosity. There were no problems. Everybody was so happy. Now, a lot of people were stoned and that made them even happier. Yeah. But it was but, peaceful, there wasn't... Oh, there was no violence, none. I, it wasn't even in anyone's mind. And then, as the day progressed, and into the night, the music was incredible. The best incredible. of the best at that time. Oh, my Who God. was your favorite? Because, you know, there's so many stories. Like, who, do you, who stuck out to you as that performer that you were like, Oh my God! I Crosby, saw Stills, Nash, and Young. That's when they were still. Yeah, yeah. Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, and their harmonies. Yeah. They sang "Our House." Yeah, it's one of my very, very, very fine. It's one of my house. favorite songs. Oh my God! To this day, it is, and yeah. their harmony. I mean, they stopped playing and they just sang. Yeah. In that harmony, and you could hear a pin drop. I'm not. Ex you could hear a. That's so incredible. While they were singing. And then on the other side of the coin, Sly and the Family Stone. Oh, my God in heaven. They played at night. I had never seen a woman play the trumpet. I, I, I don't know why. I just never thought about, oh, my God in heaven. Yeah. And they were singing, going to take you higher. It was... It, it, I, I, I don't even know if there are words to, to describe, describe it. How was the weather from it? Oh, well, then it rained. Because those are the pictures that I saw. And, uh, I mean, people, were they were sliding in the mud. and they, But we were far away. Mm -hmm. We had a ton of people inside the van. Because everybody, I mean, no one was like, no, 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 you can't. No, yeah, that's, just, this is our van, way. you know. Yeah. Oh, God, everybody was pouring into the van. Yes. So we could see the people doing that. I was not down in that at yeah. that point. But um, the music never stopped. For it, days. So you got there before. Days. We, yeah. Like how many days do you remember that? We were there the whole weekend. We were there the whole weekend. And do you remember who was the last person you remember hearing perform? Oh, God, who was the last person? And you, at the end, did it slowly. People started leaving, and it was like, oh, my God, the high of the event, and, like, do you... Well, you were still, you were still high from that event. It was such, yeah. uh, you know, I realize now we're just all energy, and the vibration of that kind of energy. Yeah. I do remember, because I am a very practical person, looking at the mess. <laughs> that would that be me. left thinking, oh, my God, someone I'm has to clean this up. Yeah. But there were lots of people there that Chow. left to clean. They were yeah. cleaning it up yeah. as we left. When it was, I think it's one of the most iconic events for music. Nothing, no matter what oh. they try with all these modern mm. Coachella and whatever, you can't describe no. No. that time because it was the height of all those and, and like music. Coachella is all about fashion and who are you wearing. Yeah. It, it's all about money. And this was just about Pure. human beings interacting. That's all it was. And enjoying something that was so beautiful. Do you ever, when you look back on that, did you understand the magnitude of how that, or you just were living in the moment and then later you're like, oh my God, I was actually at Woodstock. Like, did, on when some did you, level. You knew. I knew that 
this was an amazing moment in my life, and I don't know how I knew that, but I did know it. Yeah. And I had no idea it would become that monumental yeah. at all. I saw Jimi Hendrix. I, I mean, mean I saw he's the one that, that yeah. Uh, I, I, there were so many. It wasn't the Who, and there I can't name them all. That one was better than the other for three full days. It three never stopped. Do you they remember? played constantly. It never stopped. When you went home that night and went back into your bed, do you remember being like, I had one of the most wonderful weekends? Yes, I did. I did remember that. I did. And we talked about it for months afterwards, yeah. the group. And we stayed in touch, most of us, until unfortunately at a certain age, people start. Yeah. Passing away. Do you have any and photos from it? You and I, I talked about. I don't. People didn't take pictures back then. Remember the one <laughs> we, you and I were just. There was a picture of this. There's an iconic photo of a yes. couple with the blanket. I love it. And, and they, then it they just recreated it, and they've been together for like they got fifty yeah. years. Oh, yeah. And it's I this, loved it. But I there was no photo. And you and you see photos from the journalists who went, and you see everything you mentioned. Like I obviously I was. It was 72, wasn't it? 72 mm -hmm. or 70. Mm -hmm. So I was born. 69. 69. 69. 69. Sorry. So I was, um, is years before, a few years before I was born. And I remember all those photos. But you to have courage, like my mother was, you know, obviously she came from Germany and whatnot, but she would have never had the courage almost. Like she just, and my father, they didn't understand that type of like what that presence of the music and the fact that you're like, hey, what am I going to do my birthday weekend? And it's like. But I mean, I, I, mean I was a drama major. There, yeah. there was the arts. The one, uh, one of the many things Mary would gave to me was my love of the arts. It was a fine, what they call back then, a fine, fine arts. arts college, and yeah. it, you got a little bit of everything. Yeah. So your appreciation was. Oh my right. God! Yes, and our orchestra, the Marywood Orchestra, all women, filled the stage. It was a huge yeah. stage. Every Friday they played. We had uh, an assembly every Friday, and they played, and they were magnificent, all of them. It, it, my love of music and art and theater, all of that came yeah. from that school, really. My my introduction to all of that. Yeah, it's incredible. So I just, I mean, there's so many others. I mean, just what you've seen and what you, in your mind, can relive yes. is really incredible. So not to top, well, we will top. So I'd love you to talk about someone who is near and dear to all of our hearts. Um, and we did a march um, with John Lewis and he had the, his last march, we were here in Atlanta and my family and I, we all protest. Oh, you the, did. Yeah, the did. right, oh, what was it for um, gun reform? Yes. And he God was the speaker, him. we all followed him. But, you know, I remember him, you know, speaking in, in the stage and it was, for my children who, especially one of them is such an activist. And so, but you had an experience. So I'd love you okay. to talk about your interaction because he, to me, what a human, um, just as my mom would say, a mensch, like just this incredible oh God. person. That's a perfect yeah. word. I love that word. Yeah, that's, that's. I, and I learned that word in New York. Yeah. I had never heard that word yeah. before. And it's, 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 it's perfect him. for him. So tell, tell, this is a really funny story. It's so, a funny story. I, uh, there was a woman who started uh, a group in Jackson, Mississippi, and she had always wanted to be a queen of some sort in a parade. And so she founded what was called the 
um, sweet potato, the sweet potato yeah. queens, and her uncle or her cousin had a sweet potato farm, and she wanted desperately to be in this. They had a huge St. Patrick's Day parade, and she wanted to be a queen, and she wanted to ride on a float. And he said, "Well, I don't know if you can call this a float, but you can ride on the back of the sweet potato truck on a flatbed." And people threw out beads and candy and things like that. And she threw out sweet potatoes. And she had to be very careful not to hit anyone. anyone. <laughs> but she was, um, she wrote a column in the newspaper in Jackson, mm -hmm. Mississippi. And so she founded a group of women. And what did you say you I looked just it looked up? up and it was like a hundred and like some chapters around the world. Like she, it's still going on and I'll put a link into it. It's really it's fascinating. So a group of my friends and I became sweet potato queens. And in order to do that, there was a uniform that you had to wear. Now, you could expand on the uniform, but um, you had to look like a beauty queen. And in order to do that, you had to get a huge bouffant red wig. All different shades of red hair. Mm -hmm. You had to wear an overabundance of makeup. Whatever outfit you wore had to be covered in sequins. You had to wear majorette boots with the tassels at, uh, in front of them. And then you could make your costume whatever you wanted. And we, uh, the women that I was friends with were from Marietta. And so we were the Marietta Melon Queens. And we were regaled with uh, sequins of, of green and pink. And uh, when we raised our arms, we, we wore a cape and it was a slice of a watermelon. And so we would be in the parade and periodically we would become the Marietta Melon. Vision it. And also one, one huge and no pun intended part of the costume was you into it, a huge bosom. She, it was an, a, a, a total exaggeration of what a beauty queen would be. And the, the creativity of these women, it was all women. There was one man, Lance Romance. And Lance, oh my God, I don't remember his name. And I'm sorry, I would, please look it up. He was the same man every year. And he had jet black hair. And he just <laughs> let grow long. And he had like a pink satin a great body, pink satin jacket mm -hmm. on, and he would take his jacket off and slowly run oh it down. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was, it, it, and now, I guess now, she has tater tots. I mean, there's a whole big group of people. If you ever get the chance and you are near Jackson, Mississippi on St. Patrick's Day, go to this parade. You will never forget it. Yeah. It was beautiful. Anyway. So there's there's a parade in Atlanta, and I believe it was in Buckhead. I can't remember exactly. Maybe it was in Vinings. And I, you and you said it was after the Olympics, so like yes. after nineteen ninety six or yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. Oh yes. Okay. In the two thousands, I believe, and uh, we were asked a group of us if we would represent the uh, sweet potato queen. So at the time I had a convertible, a red convertible. So we put our Marietta Melon Queen outfits on and put all our makeup on. And we're standing in line because the parade hadn't started. And this man 
came up and said, I don't know why he said it to me, but he didn't. He said, I have a dignitary and um, he's having a hard time sitting on top of that bar in the convertible. And I said, oh, I know exactly because I was sitting on that bar. I said, I think I have um, another blanket that you're welcome to use. He said, I'll find you after the parade and I'll give it back to you. So we're still standing in line and, and I'm facing front. And I hear this voice behind me saying, thank you so much. That was so kind of you to offer your blanket. And I turned around and it was John Lewis. And it literally took my breath. He was, when I tell you, the last person I thought was going to be behind me. (laughs) And he took my hand in his, both of his, and he never let go of it. And he was looking into my eyes and talking, and I was telling him how much I loved him and admired him. And all the while he was talking to me, I kept thinking, oh, my God, these two hands have held the hands of Martin Luther King, and now they're holding mine. And again, the hands were warm. (laughs) How warm his hands were, and I thought... Oh, my God, I've touched JFK and now John Lewis. How lucky am I as a human being? This was such a gift to me. He could not have been nicer. And I told him how much I loved Martin Luther King and what he stood for and how much I admired and loved him and what he stood for. And once again, you know, he passed and my heart broke. Um, What a great And once what we talked about is the theme really is there'll never be someone like him. No. And he just was really just an eloquent, another, I mean, just as we talked about Mensch, he really was. And so both of them, JFK and humble, humble, when I met them anyway. Yeah. I mean, so when you look back and all these chapters of your life, when were you the happiest? No offense to the children. Her, she has fabulous oh two God, children. I but love was, my children but, and grandchildren. But was there a time where you're like, ah, oh, this is where, what what stage in your life were you the happiest, do uh, you think? I believe that was one stage where I was very happy. When I have to run back and just go back and tell you, when I worked at IBM, we had our coffee breaks. Mm-hmm. They were catered. And we had silver teapots. Wow. Oh, oh I, I mean, wow. what a different world, you yeah. know? And uh, we had tea. And, and then we had something, soft drinks in the afternoon. We had huge break. It was in the Product Display Center in New York City. And um, I, I'd say the happiest time of my life was in my 30s. Mm-hmm. Because I had come through the 20s. And life was still good as a woman in the 30s. We were still felt that we had something to say and we were important. And what we had to say was important. Yeah. And mattered. Yeah. And now I I don't. So what is your. we've We've almost become a caricature of something that is a, a throwaway. Yeah. We, we, you know, it's frightening to me and sad. Yeah. Um. I I pray that there are people, women that will come forward yeah. and that will rally other women. Um, 
I and don't... I hope it's women like me, my generation, that's raising children uh, to be thoughtful and to be caring and to give and respect for one another. And I, yes. you know, which, you know, you knew my father and, and his point was always character is the most important thing. Oh. He's like beauty, intelligence, uh -huh. nothing. Hard. Being Having character is something you cannot replace. No. That is so important. No. And I feel our society has lost a little bit of that character of being okay. good and not just a little, yeah. but so if uh, you had to give advice to a woman today, what advice would you give them? Like, what's the one piece of advice, you know? Know your worth. You are absolutely incredible beings. Women are incredible. There is nothing we can't do. And we can do so many more things than men can do. And I'm not taking anything away from them. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is re reclaim the beauty and the power that's in within each and every one of you. And bring that forward, as you said, to your children mm -hmm. so that your male children will respect what a woman is, who she is, and what she has to say. We need to bring that back. I, I, the world will not be the same without it. Well, not to diminish that men's male importance is still there. Us being more important or equal isn't diminishing a male's worth. No, world. no, and not that at to all. me is that it's not a competition. No, it's not. No. You know, there's always this image of like a, a pie. We're not taking your piece. No, we just want to all. have our own piece. Thank you. <laughs> and that I Thank think you. is really important exactly so um what's let me think um there's so many things i i mean I, we could talk forever um so what didn't like I, I want to um tell you how important you have been in my life oh, that you've been so you. inspiring and you know i've seen you gone through you know challenges and raising grandkids and raising your fabulous you've she's two fabulous children you know it's you were never you were from the minute I met you supportive and positive you helped me literally become a mom you saw me pregnant literally we yeah. met I was yes. pregnant with my my, my daughter and yeah. you you just you inspire me really truly every day oh, and I just thank you what you've Good. lived through and seen is just it's remarkable and you've so much more to tell and so much more to, to live you know and, and experience I would love to leave two last questions one is what empowers you what as a woman and you as Mary Claire empowers you I think my mother empowers mm. me my mother was an incredible being. And you talk about growing up in a time where women were not mm -hmm. as valued as men. My mother could have built a house. She could have literally <laughs> done the drawings and built a house. My father, and they were such champions of one another. My father couldn't build a house, nor did he even want to build a house. I mean, they were very different. And I think of all the things that she could have done that she never got the chance to do. She died very young. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that in my heart of hearts, I want to be someone that she would be so proud of. 
that she and you know had she, me. You know she is. Oh, I, I, I certainly Absolutely. hope so. Absolutely. You and I, I certainly hope so. I do. You, you and I both know that, that she's watching over, and I truly believe. And she really is the one that still empowers me. I'll That's be honest amazing. with you. And my daughter. Oh, my God. People, you, you admire me, and I really appreciate that. Heather is so much better of a person than I will ever be. And I am so honored that she but, is but also, in my life. But your daughter, but also your grandchildren and your son. Yes. Oh, your my son God. Who, both you know, of was, them. you know, I mean, we can, we can spend time talking about your children. Yes. But, you know, John's incredible and served in the military and just and has he, such respect for women. Yeah. I mean, and, he's just the nicest yes, human he's being. He's a good, good man. And he man. went through, you know, anyone that—that's a whole other topic about going to war and sacrificing yes. it. I remember him leaving and coming back, and it's what he gave up for our country. Yes, yes, really. Um, but as you talk about, um, her daughter Heather is just one of the most incredible women who gives back and always, no matter what her time is, always she always finds back. time always. to give for others, and so. They're a reflection of you, and that's why they, so no matter, they are. They really, truly, and well, I just adore I... them as well, and I'm happy they're in, in my world. Um, I'm so thankful for you. Thank I'm so you, thankful Lily. for you um, going on her stories because you, as and I said. And you also are a gift in my life. Know that also. Thank you. Thank you. You're thank you. Very, very welcome. And um, I will definitely have Mary Claire on again. And I just want to thank everyone for listening. And there's so many more stories. And, you know, oh, Mary Claire okay. has, you know, we've been talking about a one woman show. I mean, she yes. is truly, there's a lot that we can continue to share. And thank you for being here on my couch with me. You are very welcome. And um, you thank you for everyone welcome. listening. And I will have another episode of Her Stories coming up soon. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you. Bye. Oh, you were fantastic.